0: Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News for Monday, February 7, 2022. Stand up for your country. I have a column on BillOReilly.com entitled, Does the NFL Hate Cops? And that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. I know many of you are busy and uh, you don't have time to go read the column. I think you should. It's worthwhile and it has more detail about what I'm going to tell you now. So, The Super Bowl has always been a family-friendly venue. It is the most lucrative entertainment venue in the world, and it is worldwide, so that people watching the football game and the halftime show in particular get a big dose of American culture. So it used to be Paul McCartney and Prince, Rolling Stones, Michael Jackson, the artists, who were very, very popular in the mainstream of America, at the time anyway, um, were featured at the Super Bowl halftime show. In the beginning, it was like up with people. I mean, you know, but it evolved into a huge event. But this coming Sunday, we have a very different halftime show. Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Eminem, and others in the hip-hop rap world will perform. So my question is why? What binds Snoop, Dr. Dre, and Eminem together is that some of their lyrics encourage violence against American police officers. And there's no doubt about it. I've got them quoted in my column. You want to see them? There they are. I don't want to be using the terrible words that those people used here during this broadcast, but you could see it on uh, BillOReilly.com. So Roger Goodell, who makes the final call on this, the commissioner of the National Football League, he knows this, and he's a rich white guy, as are all the owners of the football teams in the NFL. They're all rich, fat cat, white guys. So why do they want to put on entertainers who have made tens of millions of dollars by disparaging and threatening the police? Why? Why? And have you heard about this from the other broadcasts from the Washington Post, from the New York Times? No. So you may remember back in 2006, I believe it was, I had a uh, controversy with Pepsi about them endorsing Ludacris, another rapper. And I said, look, this guy is harming children with his lyrics. And to this day, that has not stopped. That immature, unsupervised children who listen to rap and hip-hop lyrics that espouse violence and drug use are harmed by those lyrics. And if you don't know that, you're a moron, because they are. And they adopt mannerisms. You can see it. So why would these millionaire white guys want to feature this at the Super Bowl halftime show? Two reasons. They want to be cool and they want to be woke. And above all, they don't want to be accused, as the NFL is right now, of being racist. And we will deal with that on Wednesday with Stephen A. Smith. I'll just give you an outline later on in the broadcast tonight. Um, But there is a lawsuit against the NFL by a former coach that says the league is racist. And so now we have to throw these guys on to show we're not racist or something. But what about the police? What are they supposed to think? So this is really terrible. It really is terrible. And the reason the media doesn't even talk about it is they don't want to be deemed racist. I know I'm going to be accused of being a racist. I mean, my whole life has been that. If I speak honestly about race, I'm a racist. That intimidates everybody, all the broadcasters. They don't want to get near it. Trust me, I know. So... There's nothing we can do. You don't have to watch it. I mean, I have to watch it because I have to report on it. And I'd watch the Super Bowl game anyway. I'm a football fan. I'm not a fan of the NFL. Okay, I don't believe that they are looking out for you or me or any American. And again, stuff goes all over the world. People are going to see this. Now, are they going to curse and are they going to threaten the police at the Super Bowl halftime show? No even the nfl will draw that line but that's the reason they're there in the first place and there are so many other talented groups what about earth wind and fire why couldn't they be there they're classic legends what about the doobie brothers 50 years michael mcdonald's back i could give you 10 more that would deliver a solid halftime show but they wouldn't be woke and cool You know, too many white people. I guess Eminem is the token white guy here, but he's more vile than some of the others. So it is really, you know, it makes me sad for my country that the biggest thing America has, the Super Bowl, goes out with this attached to it. It's wrong. It's wrong on every level. And, you know, if you want to write a letter to Roger Goodell in New York City, that might be worthy. Don't curse at him. Don't do anything like that. Don't threaten him. Just say you're disappointed. I mean, maybe if the guy got a million or two million letters, he wouldn't do it again. Because this is really bad. And That is the subject of the Talking Points Memo. All right, President Biden's schedule, has got one thing. He's meeting with the uh, Chancellor of Germany, Olaf Scholz. See, most people think Merkel's still there. Merkel's gone. It's now Olaf. He's there. There he is. Oh, boy, does he look German or what? Anyway, it's an important meeting. So I hope uh, Joe Biden stays awake throughout the whole thing, because NATO needs Germany to support the action that NATO has to take against Russia. If Russia invades Ukraine and Germany is dependent on Russian energy, as we all know, which is why Putin did that in the first place. So what is Olaf going to do? I don't know. I don't know. All right. I'll I'm poking around, but it's an important meeting. This is a very bad weekend for Joe Biden. So there is a lawsuit, Missouri and Texas suing the Biden administration over a number of border matters. In that lawsuit, there is something called discovery. Okay. And that means that you have to answer under oath questions. So now we know, because of this lawsuit, that in the fiscal year 2021, about 2 million, more than 2 million foreign nationals were confronted by US border patrol. That's astronomical, 2 million. That doesn't count the other half million who got away, who the border patrol didn't see, okay? So that's the number. We now have the number. And this is up um, from the last fiscal year when Trump was president from 540,000. So it went from 540,000 under the Remain in Mexico policy under Trump to more than 2 million in Biden's first term. That's pretty bad. Wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you say it's pretty bad? I would. So, and then we have the secret flights and about... They say 20%, but this is an estimate. I am much more than that. The 20% of the 2 million, do the math, that would be 200,000 plus, were released. And they said, well, you got to show up. And 50% of them never show up for a hearing. So it is gone. I think it's more than that. And then they're sneaking them into states in the middle of the night. Did you know fast growing trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? So please go to fastgrowingtrees.com. Use promo code Bill at checkout. On another front, more police officers, law enforcement, have been killed under Biden's first year, okay, than any other time since 1995 in the middle of the crack wars. So last fiscal year, 73 officers intentionally killed in the line of duty, up from 46 under Trump's last year. 46 to 73, gunned down, murdered in the street. Why? George Floyd's death was one of the reasons that ignited uh, homicidal anger. Um, but bad DAs letting violent people out, not prosecuting them, that's the biggest reason. Now, the cops know this, they know that even if they arrest somebody with a gun, You know, robbery, Eh, they may get prosecuted, may not, probably no bail. And these people are criminals. They're going to go out and do it again. I mean, it's just why. So, border, chaos, police deaths, way up, and uh, finally gas prices. So, California is getting at the worst, and yeah, what are you going to say? There's a 51 cent a gallon tax levy by california 51 cents for every gallon of gasoline bought out there so now in southern california about four dollars 72 cents a gallon give or take you know based on the answer. some gas stations over five um and i'm sure some gas stations under 472 but that's it highest in the nation all right never been higher in la county ever And this is coming everywhere. California is first, but here comes what is it now? I paid $349 last week for gas here on Long Island, and it'll go to over four. And you know, people just don't have it. So in Southern California, if you got one of these big Land Cruiser things, or big van, or whatever they are, SUV, you're paying a hundred bucks to fill up. And this is Biden. It's him. This didn't have to happen. We were energy independent. Not now. So that's a pretty bad weekend, would you say? Vice President Harris had a bad weekend. Uh, her head speech writer. Kate Childs Graham quit. There's Kate. She's out. Gone. This comes on the heels of uh, the Vice President's Director of Advance, Carly Sakotowick, and her deputy, Gabrielle De Francese. They quit. And Simone Sanders, who was a chief spokesperson for the Vice President, she quit. Get the feeling it's something that something isn't going right in there. A lot of quitting. Bad weekend for Nancy Pelosi. So, from October 2020 to December 2021, 14 months, a Ms. Pelosi spent more than $500,000 on private jets. This in the face of a quote from her, we have a moral obligation to reduce emissions, unquote. So she's half a million dollars. So you say, well, does she pay that? the government pay that? So it's complicated. The government reimburses congresspeople to go home to their districts and senators to a certain extent, but not to this extent. But then Pelosi uses campaign funds. Money that she raises to pay the rest. She's not paying it. But the rank hypocrisy of running around, it's like Al Gore. Al Gore made a bloody fortune peddling global warming dangers and then lives in this huge mansion in Tennessee and then flies private. So does John Kerry. John Kerry flies private. Now, I don't begrudge them private flights if they were normal, Fair minded people. But Pelosi, oh, no, 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 you got to reduce the emissions and. Woo, half a million bucks on private flights. Ottawa. You ever been there? Ottawa, I have not been there. I've been to Montreal, been to Quebec, been to uh, uh, Vancouver on the west coast of Canada, been to Calgary. I've been to Ottawa. Anyway. Truckers angry with vaccination mandates have shut down the capital of Canada, Ottawa, and now there is a state of emergency. Nobody knows where Trudeau is. He ran away. See, Ottawa being the state capital, Trudeau lives there, but Trudeau bolted. He's in an undisclosed location. So truckers, thousands and thousands of them, don't want to be told they have to get vaccinated. Okay? And so they shut down a city. Um, and the reason that this is happening is obviously the truckers don't want to be limited. They don't. If they have to come to the United States, they have to show the vax. So they're also protesting if it's USA too. But they can't shut down the USA. They can shut down Ottawa. At the Olympics, COVID is just. Uh, I know, I'm not watching the Olympics. I'm sorry. I tried a couple of times. I just can't get through it. Anyway, 363 people involved with the Beijing Olympics have tested positive for COVID so far. And some big-name athletes, too. And then the ones that are quarantined say they can't get any food. They don't have any food. The Chinese are giving them garbage to eat. Doesn't this remind you of the 1936 Olympics in Germany? If you're not familiar with that, a man named Jesse Owens humiliated Adolf Hitler. Humiliated him, and Jesse Owens, tremendous African American athlete, great story. And this was this 36 Olympics in Germany with Hitler strutting around. This reminds me of Xi in China. All right, here's a big political story of the weekend. Ready? So it's Mike Pence versus Donald Trump, and it's the same old story that has been going on for a year and three months. The 2020 election. Donald Trump believes it was fraudulent and he has a right to hold that belief, as do you if you go along with him. You have a a right to that opinion. But Trump carried it further and demanded that Vice President Pence not certify the electoral votes that the states handed in. Pence said, I don't have the power to do that and reiterated that on uh, Friday, February 4th. Go. But there are those in our party who believe that as the presiding officer over the joint session of Congress, that I possess unilateral authority
1: to reject electoral college votes. And I heard this week
0: that President Trump said I had the right to Overturn the election. But President Trump is wrong. I had no right to overturn the election. All right. So that is the vice president's opinion, clearly stated. Now, on January 6th, 2021, all right, while all hell was breaking loose in Washington, D.C., I said this Mike Pence did not have the power to do that. Only the Supreme Court does, all right? The Vice President of the United States, according to our Constitution, is a facilitator, all right? He presents the arguments about certifying or not certifying the electoral votes. He doesn't make unilateral decisions about what happens in the states. That has never happened, it never will happen, It is clearly unconstitutional, and that is true. Now, we have posted on BillOReilly.com a very thorough article, and I don't have time to do it here, and it's a bit complex, okay? But a very thorough article laying out what the Constitution actually says, okay? And the vice president does not have the power to overturn the will of the electors of the state. Okay, now, if Pence did that, and here's the irony of this whole thing. If Mike Pence had said, no, 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 I agree with Donald Trump. I do have the power to stop the electoral count because of alleged fraud. It instantly would have gone to the Supreme Court like Gore v. Bush did. The Supreme Court, I believe, would have ruled 9-0 that Pence did not have the power to stop the electoral vote count. Now, that's speculation on my part, but I know how the justices ruled. And I saw how Justice Alito, the second most conservative judge on the court, oversaw the Pennsylvania vote. It was quite clear that Alito was sympathetic to any allegations of fraud, but you had to prove them. And proof was not forthcoming. So Alito said... I'm not going to intervene in Pennsylvania. Okay, so if that had happened and Pence had said, nope, not certifying the election, boom, next day in the Supreme Court. And they would have ruled against President Trump and that would have taken him out of politics forever. Isn't this interesting? If he had gotten whacked by the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court would have been scathing in its opinion. That would have doomed Donald Trump for any future political run. But because that did not happen, you can make a case, and a good one, that Mike Pence saved Donald Trump for another run because Trump does want to go for president in 2024. Okay? I think that's fair coverage. Uh, Again, BillOReilly.com has the article if you want to read it, and it is a very good piece. Durham investigation. Okay, here are the facts. Ready to go? May 2019, it started. So it's coming up on three years that U.S. Attorney John Durham has been looking into Russian collusion. One person has been indicted so far, an FBI lawyer. Four million has been spent, I think it's probably five times that, but that's the, what's coming out of the Justice Department. Okay? And Durham is signaling... He has a lot more work to do. On January 25th, he says he's gained access to voluminous FBI internal files that the Inspector General of the Justice Department didn't want to hand over. Horowitz. He didn't want to give them to Durham, but Durham got them. So now we can expect another year, I guess, of this, but I don't know. And I'm hoping that Brett Thompson, our go to guy on the Durham investigation Russian collusion, Former US Attorney for Utah, who joins us now from Salt Lake City, knows more than I do. It's almost a given you know more than I do, but (laughs) what do you think is going on? That's true, Bill. What do you think is going on? Yeah,
1: you're you're right to be mystified, and I guess all of us are in some ways. You know, two things occurred that I think were challenging to John Durham. First, the intelligent community. Uh, was really locking down information. I think he struggled. I've been told that he, <clears throat> that he struggled to get information from the intelligence commu-
0: commu- community.
1: That's I the think FBI. Also, then When you it, say
0: intelligence community, that's the FBI, right? Or are we talking CIA, and NSA? I, I, I think we're
1: talking CIA. I think we're talking national security advisors. I think we're talking that side of the table. And then you do have the FBI as well. But I think the other factor for John Durham that made it difficult was I don't think he expected Horowitz to be someone that might not want to share what he found. And um, that, that, that was probably a surprise to him. I've been told that it it upset him and frustrated his team. Um, They've now indicated very clearly that they think there's very relevant information that Horowitz had. Quite frankly, Bill, I think, I think the inspector general is not accustomed to having anyone review what he does. He's sort of the last voice on an issue. Now he's typically. the
0: Justice Department Inspector General. Do you think he's handed over to Durham what Durham wants?
1: I, I think he is handing it over now. I think he has previously withheld handing over a lot of the substance documents and, and the, the you know information that he relied on in his investigation. But I'm told now that the grand jury has, you know, sort of weighed in on what's going to be turned over and not going to be turned over, that they have the information and they're reviewing it. But like you said, how long is that going to now take us?
0: Now, this is a swamp, right? When people say the swamp, that's what this is. Now we're in the swamp, right? Perfect example of it. Okay. In the end, and I, it's an unfair question because I'm really asking you to guess. Is there going to be some revelation? I and mean, we know Hillary Clinton was involved with this, uh, funding this bogus Russian collusion narrative. We know that. It's been proven. Um, but are you expecting big names to topple here?
1: You know, I've never been one to expect the big names to topple. But I have been, you know, asking folks that are still in the Department of Justice, you know, what their thoughts and, and you know, what's the attitude on this, this particular issue. It's very interesting, Bill. They they suggest that while maybe you don't have a Hillary Clinton, you know, indictment, that John Durham is clearly trying to expose how far this went, how high up, and and names like Jim Comey and Hillary Clinton, and whether or not they had knowledge and the extent of that knowledge and involvement, are certainly being discussed. And John Durham's got an eye on that. So I right. guess we'll see.
0: Finally, final thing, and people need to understand: it's not up to Durham. It's up to the grand jury at this point, regular folks, right? That's right. To that's correct. indict or not indict. And that might pull us out of the swamp a little bit if Durham can manage to get the evidence or look at the stuff that he wants to look at. Is that a fair last word?
1: Yeah, that's, that's exactly right, Bill. And, and they're fueling that grand jury investigation with individuals like the attorney Um, that they indicted and others who are cooperating. So we'll see how much information they have and and how that impresses or doesn't the grand jury.
0: All right, Brad, thanks as always. Let us know if you hear anything else. And we, of course, are very aggressive in covering this story. All right, the Olympic ratings tanked. As I said, I'm not, I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, for the opening ceremony on Friday, 14 million Americans tuned in, 24. Tuned in, 24 million, four years ago in South Korea. Every time I tune over there, it's like, I don't know. And I can't get used to the NBC announcers in Connecticut. <laughs> they didn't even go. See, I would have gone if I had been a sports announcer worker for NBC. I would have said, look, send me over there. I'll, I'll do it. I mean, I'm vaxxed. I'll, I'll wear a hazmat suit. But you want to be there, I mean, you know, calling it from Connecticut. I don't know. Uh, NFL, uh, we are going to go into this heavy on Wednesday. Um, there is a lawsuit by the former coach of the Miami Dolphins, Brian Flores. He says that uh, the owners don't want black coaches. And then he says that his owner for the Dolphins offered to pay him hundred grand a tank a game because they wanted a better draft choice. That is the more serious accusation. If he has... Proof to back that up, whew, that would be huge. This day in history of February 7th, 1974, 48 years ago, a very famous movie made its premiere. Now this movie could not be made today and if anybody dared to make it independently of the studios, they would be canceled immediately. The movie that premiered 48 years ago today was Blazing Saddles. Roll it. We would snatch 200,000 acres of Indian territory, which we have deemed unsafe for their use at this time. They're such children. 200,000 acres? 200,000 acres? What'll it cost, man? What'll it cost? A box of these <laughs> are you crazy they'll never go for it and then again they might little red devils they love toys sign yes, right yes thank sir. you thank you thank you very much That's all it. right help me in with this help me in with this help That's me in justice. with this think of your secretary and that was a, a very good suggestion yes, all right thank sir. Sir. you it's your coming Ring out the church The sheriff is a. What are you saying? The sheriff is near. No, got bring his name, Rowan. The sheriff is a. Okay, so that was the biggest box office hit of 1974. And Roger Ebert, remember him, the film critic? He said, quote, it is a crazed grab bag of a movie that does everything to keep us laughing except hit us over the head with a rubber chicken. And uh, Ebert gave it four out of four stars. If Ebert were alive today reviewing movies, you think he would do that? Okay, so how this country has changed. You rarely see Blazing Saddles on TV or on the cables or streaming. You see Young Frankenstein, you see the producers, you see the other Mel Brooks movies. You don't see Blazing Saddles on it. So I don't know whether it's been canceled. Uh, It won three Academy Awards, Best Supporting Actress, Madeline Kahn, a genius. Best Film Editing, Best Original Song. So Blazing Saddles, all those years ago. OK, we have a good mail segment and a final thought featuring my killing books in a moment. Everything is expensive these days. You know that the government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Okay, let's go to the mail. Marsha, Bill, will you be watching the Super Bowl? Yes. I will watch the game and I will watch the insidious, word of the day, insidious halftime show. If I didn't have to report Monday, a week from today, I would not watch the halftime show. But I'm going to do this. I'm going to watch it, and then I'm going to write down all the sponsors of it so you can know. I'm not calling for boycotts of anything. You want to watch it, watch it. But I think you should know who's doing it. Barbara, I haven't watched the Super Bowl halftime show in several years, and I certainly will not watch this year. Again, my column on BillOReilly.com is entitled, Does the NFL Hate the Cops? Loretta Towell, Carterville, Illinois. Excellent column, Bill. Perfectly stated. Glad you read it, Loretta, and thank you for the kind note. Carolyn McAdams, Tawako, New Jersey. Bill, do the states have any recourse regarding the acceptance of illegal immigrants that are flown in secretly by the Biden administration? Some states are suing. But I think they'll lose. The federal government is in charge of immigration. But it is a mess. That's for sure. Candace Holloway, Bryceville, Florida. Great no spin news all last week. Interesting conversation on requiring voter ID. What if you try to vote in another democratic country? Do they require ID? Now, you might be a new uh, subscriber to BillOReilly.com, a new watcher to the no spin news candy. Mexico requires ID, Canada requires ID, 17 European countries require ID to vote. They're all racist, right? Robert Pohn, Santa Ana, California. We know Hitler used the Jews to unite Germany, but why is there still anti-Semitism? What did the Jews do to be hated all over the world? Nothing. I mean, the history is complicated because when the Christian religion was formed after Jesus died in the centuries thereafter, it was a sin to lend money for a Christian. That was called simony, couldn't lend money. But the Jewish religion allowed money lending. Therefore, the landlords throughout Europe were Jews, and they became hated because of that. Art Peterson, Manassas, Virginia. Bill, when I became a lifetime member of BillOReilly.com, I got one of those Stand Up For Your Country mugs. It's the best mug I have ever owned. You know, I'm I'm telling everybody, these are incredible mugs with a tremendous message. Order five or six of them because they last forever. We're not going to have them. You know, we're going to run out of them again. So go to the BillOReilly.com store and pick them up. They are great mugs. Michael Malowski, Copeg, New York. Got the mugs, Bill. You nailed it. Made in America. Yep. Rich Short, Rochester, New York. I am out of killing books as I've read them all. My wife gave me Culture Warrior for Christmas. I love it. That 2006 book was number one on the New York Times list and predicted everything that's going on today. Culture Warrior. Krishna Ramanujam, O'Reilly, you do an outstanding job and have done sensational work over your career. I really thank you for your fantastic work. I appreciate you acknowledging it, uh, Krishna, and I try. To this day, I try very, very hard on each broadcast, on each book, on each column, To really give it my best. You know, I never phone it in. And that was one of our final thoughts that if you can pass this on to your children and your grandchildren, no matter what you do, even if you don't like it, I mean, sometimes I don't want to write a column, and sometimes I don't want to do certain work things. Discipline and give it your best all the time. You know, the worst thing in the world is to go to an athletic contest and you know some of those players aren't trying hard, even though you paid your money to see them. I mean, you pay your money, some of you, to watch me and read my columns and you certainly buy the books. And, you know, I'd be disrespectful to you if I didn't give it my best shot at all times. But it takes discipline. Sometimes you're not in the mood. And the younger people, they, they, you know, well, I don't really feel like doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, We got the uh, Trump tour coming up. It's going to be about an hour, 20 minutes. It's on President's Day weekend. So what? That's less than two weeks away. It's going to go from Thursday to Monday. If you are a premium or concierge member on billoreilly.com, you get it free. If you are not, there's a nominal fee because we got production costs, but we've, Taken the best of the four shows, melded them together. And I think, I mean, I saw, uh, we're not finished yet with the edit, but I saw the first half. Really, you're going to be engaged. And you're going to see a Donald Trump you've never seen before, even if you don't like him. I mean, I ask him very inside questions about how he governs. So spread the word. That's what I'm doing here. Spread the word. It's around. We want to sign up as many premium concierge members as we can, new members. We want you guys to renew, get Killing the Killers. And by the way, throw Killers up there. It comes out May 3rd if you pre-order from us. And you can do it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble as well. But they're not going to give you the free bumper sticker, regret your 2020 vote yet. So you pre-order the book from us, you get the uh, sticker free. Word of the day, do not be spurious, S u Spurious. S-P-U-R-I-O-U-S. I almost misspelled it. No spell check here on the No Spin News. It's all me. Okay, we will be back with a final thought about the No Spin News and Jeopardy in a moment. the chumba life is for everybody so go to ChumpaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes
1: ChumpaCasino.com. no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details
0: all right here's the final thought of the day on friday i did not see it Uh, Where was I Friday? I'm doing something. But I watch Jeopardy occasionally, and I have to tell you, I'm not the best at it. I should be, but I'm not. Um, But it's a great show, and it's an American tradition. So on Friday, they had a $5,000 question. Go. Uh, Books and authors, $2,000, please. (laughs) There's a Daily Double with an opportunity to move up even more. How much would you like to
1: wager? Uh, $2,000, please. For 5,000, if you're correct, here's your clue. Bill O'Reilly subtitled this 2012 alliterative bestseller, The End of Camelot. Got nothing. Sorry. What is Killing Kennedy?
0: Molly. Alliterate bestseller, End of Camelot. Should have known that, even if you didn't read it. So this is the third time we have appeared on Jeopardy. Um, The first time was May 1st, 2017. The Clue for 200 under the Book of Verbs blank. The Rising Sun by Bill O'Reilly and Martin Dugard. And, of course, that would be killing. Then on July 25th, 2019, Clue for 1,000 under TV spinoffs. Here's a bit of truthiness. This show started as a bit on The Daily Show, that parodied Bill O'Reilly, what is the answer? The Colbert Report. I'm partially responsible for that guy. I may go to purgatory for that. <laughs> so this is very flattering, I, I have to say. Now, I, I, when, I wasn't friends with Alex Trebek, but I knew him for so long because the company that distributes Jeopardy King world distributed a show that I anchored called inside edition. So Alex and I would get, a, um, you know, be in certain places for promotion. and. Stuff. He was really a good guy. I got to tell you, you know, everybody says that when you die and I well, gotta say about me, but you know, nice guys like Alex, but he really was, he was a very smart guy and very well read guy and he loved the killing books. And that's why I got, you know, the first two on, but this one, uh, we were happy to see it, and uh it's a lot of fun. You know, the culture, uh, we can somebody mentioned culture warrior, my, my bestseller way back. We have changed the culture, and uh I'm proud of it. So we brought um robust debate to cable TV that has largely disappeared, but it was there for more than 20 years. Now, if you watch cable news, it's the same guests all the time, and they agree with the host all the time. Very rarely to get a shootout like me and Barney Frank or me, have, uh, or, or me and Geraldo on the criminal alien situation. You remember those. If you don't, Google them. They're worth watching. But I wanted to hear the opposing point of view all the time because I wanted to see if their argument was stronger than my argument, and the answer was usually no. It wasn't. (laughs) He says with all humility. But the way we positioned the O'Reilly factor was we wanted to hear all points of view, even loopy points of view. Remember Code Pink? I mean, we had that woman on all the time. Just tell me what you want, lady. You know, and she would. And it was like, whoa, whoa. But now, as I said, you turn it on, it's like, okay, here's somebody who agrees with me 100%. All three of them do it. And you don't never hear see robust debate on the networks. It never happens. So we did change the culture. Unfortunately, it didn't last. But it could come back at any time. Somebody could say, you know, I'm going to do the factor format. I'm going to bring in robust debate. And I think those people would do very well. Thank you for watching us tonight. We will have an excellent show tomorrow and an even better one on Wednesday. Hope to see you then.